In the 1920s, Tulsa was a modern, growing community. It was also a city with a bloody history, a city that served as a spawning ground for some of the most vicious criminal gangs in the United States. And, as with many American communities in this era, it was a simmering cauldron of prejudices that was one spark away from exploding. Before we continue with today's story of unprecedented tragedy, I'd like to give a shout out to the road crew, the boys behind our theme song. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. You can listen to some of their other road trip inspiring tunes at roadcrew66.com. Near midnight on August 28, 1920, Masked men barged into the Tulsa County Courthouse and held Sheriff James Woolley and his deputies at gunpoint while removing prisoner Roy Belton, a.k.a. Tom Owens, from the jail. The crowd outside the courthouse grew in number as the vigilantes drove Belton to a rural location on Southwest Boulevard, Route 66 after 1926, and hanged him from a billboard. According to several newspaper reports, the line of vehicles that trailed the lynch mob was nearly a mile long. A week prior, a taxi driver named Homer Nita had been found near this very spot. He had suffered a vicious beating and gunshot wound in the abdomen. His taxi, a new Hudson Super 6, had been stolen. A passing motorist arrived on the scene shortly after he was thrown from the car. When Nita regained consciousness, he named three African Americans as his assailant. Roy Belton, who was using the name Tom Owens, Marie Harmon, and George Moore. He said that the trio had hired his cab in Tulsa and asked to be driven to Red Fork, a community west of town. In a rural area near an oil tank farm, one of the men clubbed Nita repeatedly with a gun, and after the car was commandeered, he was shot in the stomach and thrown from the car. Harmon was arrested shortly afterward and identified Belton as the shooter. In spite of the violent manifestations of prejudice, by 1920, the Greenwood District of Tulsa was a prosperous, progressive African-American community. A testimony to the district's affluence, it was often referred to as Black Wall Street. The vibrant neighborhood supported two newspapers, numerous churches, a library, and scores of African-American-owned businesses. On May 30, 1921, 19-year-old Dick Rowland, a shoeshine man, stepped into the elevator of the Drexel Building a simple act that led to an event that culminated in unprecedented death and destruction. Accounts vary in detail, but according to later testimony, Roland either tripped and fell or was jostled against Sarah Page, a 17-year-old elevator operator, and stepped on her foot. She screamed. Witnesses claimed that Roland had made sexual advances toward Page. Roland was arrested the same day and held pending investigation of the incident. By 7.30 p.m. the following evening, a crowd was gathered outside the Tulsa County Courthouse demanding that Roland be surrendered to them, but the sheriff steadfastly refused. In the Greenwood District, apprehension mounted, and a group of African-American men, many of whom were veterans of World War I, went to the courthouse with the intent to aid authorities. The sheriff wisely rejected the offer of assistance and asked the men to return to their homes. The following morning, 
Just after daybreak, thousands of armed white men gathered on the outskirts of the Greenwood district. With little prompting, they swept into the district as a horde and vented their rage against African Americans. By late afternoon, along the tracks for the Frisco Railroad, it was a pitched battle as African Americans fought back. White men committed drive-by shootings in the residential districts of Greenwood, as well as beatings of pedestrians. They smashed windows, set fires, and overturned and torched cars, looted businesses and homes. The violence escalated, and there were reports of unarmed men, women, and even children being shot in the streets. Among the slain was A.C. Jackson, a world-renowned African-American surgeon who reportedly was shot after he surrendered to a group of vigilantes. At one point, a machine gun was used indiscriminately. The unprecedented violence led Oklahoma Governor James B.A. Robertson to declare martial law and order the National Guard to intervene. Next week, we wrap up this tale of tragedy and share the inspirational story of Victor Green. You can read more about this story on our website at jimhinkleysamerica.com or in my newest book, Murder and Mayhem on the Main Street of America, Tales from Bloody 66. And now, to wrap up this program, we need to thank our sponsor, Calico's Restaurant in Kingman. One family owned for more than 20 years, this is my go-to spot with groups or friends making a stop in Kingman. And if you want a great sandwich that presents the illusion of being healthy, try the Cactus BLT. Until we meet again, mi amigos, adios, see you next week. Come along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America